What can you expect from an experienced financial advisor? Are all advisors alike? And will the right advisor really make a positive difference? Your Financial Journey is a podcast brought to you by Providence Wealth Advisors, LLC, a wholly owned affiliate of Providence Bank and Trust. In this series, members of the PWA team discuss the importance of planning, relevant developments, and investment strategies geared to help you achieve your wealth management goals and to provide you with experience, guidance, and support every step of the way. Welcome. I'm Doug DeGroth from Providence Wealth Advisors. On this podcast, we're going to discuss a topic that is forefront in the news, that being inflation, interest rates, how they relate to fixed income investments, and in turn, risk. So some of these issues can be extraordinarily complex. So we're going to try to touch on the topics from what I would call a very high level. In our last podcast, we let off with the topic of inflation. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on that topic today, other than some brief comments. First of all, prices do seem to be moving higher on just about everything. Um, you know, we talked about it on our last podcast, car prices in particular, they're up about 30% year over year. That's on both new and, of course, used cars, which is very unusual. Gas, of course, has been going up, something that everybody uses almost every day. Food and, you know, go to Lowe's, Home Depot, Walmart, uh, shop for your favorite item. and, And I think you'll note that it's probably higher today than it was six months ago. So with that said, why is there so much inflation right now? And there's a, there's a couple of theories out there. First of all, supply chain issues. You know, the argument being that once these supply chain issues are back to normal from issues related to COVID, prices will go back down. And that, that seems a little illogical to us that prices would actually move back lower once these supply chain issues are resolved. And you know, I'll give you a couple examples. You know, again, talk about food. Um, you know, I like Enamin donuts. Um, uh, it's a favorite of mine. If I go back six months, I could buy a dozen donuts for about $3.50. I noticed the last time I was at the supermarket, they were $6 for a dozen donuts. And my guess is Enamin's probably isn't going to be too excited about lowering the price when supply issues are resolved. And I would make that same argument with just about any business right now, whether it's a car manufacturer, a, um, a manufacturer that would be selling screws at Home Depot, pick something. Most businesses don't like their prices to go back down. So I'm not sure that's going to actually happen. Um, The second thing is government stimulus and money printing due to COVID. We've talked about this before uh, in in our other podcasts. There was a tremendous amount of money printed during COVID as part of these stimulus programs. and, And that money supply is now flowing through the economy. And M2 which is, which is part of the government measure of money supply, is up the most last year, was up the most last year in the last 150 years. And if you want to see something that's just very telling, go to the internet and just pull up a chart on the internet of M2, type in M2 or money supply, and the, and the chart goes vertical in 2021. So you've got all this money flowing out there in the system And that usually is inflationary. When there's more money in the system, people spend it, bid prices up, 
buy things, et cetera, and that's inflationary. But, you know, perhaps uh, another theory is that it's the artificially low interest rates that the Fed created by bringing interest rates to basically zero during COVID. So, you know, pick on housing. In that example, you may have, there's, there's still a very limited supply of housing. When houses go on the market, they're immediately sold. Is that because interest rates got down in the 3% range on a 30-year mortgage? Maybe. Um, and I, I think when I look at all those items, probably the best answer is all of the above. Every one of those various theories contributed to this inflationary environment we now find ourselves in. So you might hear some analysts say, what's wrong with a little inflation? Um, you know, prices move higher. Maybe that's okay. You know, the, the homeowner feels better because uh, his home is going up in value. Well, the, the, the real consequences to the situation are as prices move higher, and if they're moving higher than wages, the general population, in essence, falls further behind economically. Um, so wages might be going up, but not going up as much as my donuts or cars or anything else. And, and then the consumer falls further behind. And that is not good. That's not good for a society. Some of you may have already heard the term stagflation. And perhaps um, that's where we're headed, um, which is higher inflation and lower economic growth. Another bad outcome. So this is kind of what the Fed's dealing with right now and why many of you may have heard the Fed's going to target raising interest rates. They've already targeted for 2022 inflation. You know, it's become a hot topic. So the Fed's already indicated they may raise rates, call it three times this year, with many market analysts calling for four times and even some five times um, as far as rate increases. There's already talk for 2023 that there might be another three to four rate increases next year. The whole strategy that the Fed's trying to do is to pull money out of the system and in turn, slow the economy down, which in turn will, will bring down inflationary pressures. In an ideal world, and we mentioned this again on our last podcast, they call that a soft landing. You're slowing down economic growth and inflation, and in the process, you're not causing a recession. So basically, you keep kind of slow everything down just a little bit, but keep the economy still growing. Um, that's very difficult to do. Um, and I think that's why the markets are somewhat worried right now. We've got this volatility. So interest rates have been rising for the last several months as the market has been anticipating these Fed rate increases that, that everyone thinks are coming either in 2022 or 2023. So again, as, ma as many of you would, would note, I, you know, I've been on the record before of saying we have been in a bond bull market since the mid 80s. So what does that mean? Prices have been going up, rates down, but bond prices up for all, you know, really since the mid 80s. And ironically, that's the last time the Fed acted aggressively to stop inflation. So for the last 15 years, as the, as the Fed kind of worked through that process in the mid 80s, you know, we got to a certain point, rates leveled off. And then for, you know, again, a couple last 15 years, I've, I've said interest rates cannot go any lower. And yet, every year, they went lower. And thanks in part, really, to what the Fed was trying to do, which was always stimulate the economy, keep things moving forward so they had lower rates. And again, there were various crises in that time frame, starting with 9-11, 
the Great Recession of 2008 through 2010, you know, all those uh, things slowed the economy. So the Fed kept rates lower, kept moving them lower to keep things stimulated. And then finally, of course, COVID, which was basically where they brought rates to zero. So I really wonder if perhaps the cycle, from our group's perspective, it, that the cycle maybe has finally been broken, the cycle of lower and lower rates. You know, Europe actually went to negative rates during COVID. We stopped at zero. Uh, time will tell. You know, again, um, will, will this trend kind of reverse itself and at least start having some meaningful higher interest rates? So, as I noted, it's important to, to pay attention to the, the fact that as interest rates go higher, we do run the risk of recession. It would stop inflation, but that, of course, would also be detrimental economically. And I'm really not sure the Fed or the government has the fortitude today to cause a recession to stop inflation. You know, that's exactly what the former Fed chair, Paul Volcker, did in the early 80s. They, they, he actually raised rates to a point that was so high, we went into a recession. We stopped, finally stopped inflation, um, but in the process, we caused a, a recession. And um, it's, it's a real balancing act. So with rising interest rates due to higher inflation, what happens to fixed income investments? And we're being asked this all the time, which is why we wanted to touch on this topic. As interest rates rise, fixed income investments fall in value. Conversely, as interest rates fall, and as they did fall over the past several years, bond prices increase in value. So as the Fed brought rates to zero during COVID, and really for, for the past several years since the mid-80s, many investors would look at their statements and were pleasantly surprised to see their fixed income investments, both individual bonds and bond mutual funds, actually increase in value. So they weren't just getting a, a, a income stream from the investment, they were actually getting capital appreciation as rates fell. So now with the Fed poised to raise interest rates, and as these rates go slightly higher, bond prices have declined in value. And now, Many investors are disappointed to see negative values on their statements as these bond market or fixed income investment values have declined in value. This basic relationship of lower yields resulting in higher bond prices and higher yields resulting in lower bond prices is particularly important to understand. And to take this one step further, the longer the term of the bond, the more price movement or volatility you will see in a particular bond or bond mutual fund. So if you have a one-year bond, one-year bond maturity, you won't see that much price movement. If you have a 30-year bond, you're going to see quite a bit of volatility as rates rise or fall. So that leads us to the final issue we wanted to address in this podcast, and that is risk. And in turn, how all these different issues are related. So all investments carry some amount of risk. We're, we're aware of that. And in particular, the stock market. So it's easy to know stock market goes up and down in value every day. Individual stocks go up and down in value every day. That's the risk inherent in the markets or individual equities. So fixed income investments have two primary risks. Credit risk, 
which involves the issuer to not be able to pay the principal back on the fixed income investment when it matures. So that could be a corporation, a municipality, a government, et cetera. Whoever, it, whoever issued that bond is unable to pay when the bond matures, that's credit risk. How do you avoid that risk or at least mitigate it? You diversify either via a mutual fund, several mutual funds, or several individual bond issues. You don't put all your money with the fi- in the fixed income area in one particular bond. And as interest, and the other one then is interest rate risk. Again, the idea of higher rates result in market value losses. So there's two, two risks associated with fixed income investments, credit risk and interest rate risk. So the interest rate risk component, those the losses on these bonds as interest rates go higher can be temporary if bond yields stabilize. And if you own individual bond issues, when the bond matures, you receive the par value of the bond at maturity. So while the bond may have declined in value while you owned it, so let's say you purchased a three-year bond at a dollar, a year and a half into the bond, um, it could be worth, call it 98 cents on the dollar, but actually at maturity, you get your original dollar back. So it's, a, it's actually a temporary loss. Um, so these losses of these individual issues are temporary, as long as you hold them till maturity, and, and, it, and, it can, and these losses can be mitigated by using individual bonds or short-term bond mutual funds. And to cap this off, again, fixed income investments are priced this way. All investments are priced with some measure of volatility, but fixed income investments do rise and fall in value. The only investments that are not priced to market, if you will, like this, would be basically cash, money market, checking accounts, et cetera. Even marketable CDs have the same type of market relationship where they rise and fall based on what interest rates are doing in the economy. So in culminating the section on risk, we're staying, what are we trying to do? We're staying on the short end of the yield curve, either through funds or the actual bonds with the thought to limit volatility. Because as I said, the shorter the bond, the less volatility you have. We're also trying then to achieve some kind of yield today. So there, actually some of these yields now in the three-year time frame for, for either government agencies or corporate bonds are in the 2% range. So that's much higher than it's been in the past. So we're trying to take advantage of some yield today and then ultimately maybe take advantage of rates that might be higher in the future. So we're basically creating laddered bond portfolios through funds or bonds that overall target the short end of the yield curve to reduce interest rate risk, to not have this volatility of a 30-year bond. So, and with all that said, keep in mind, there are some doves on the Federal Reserve Board that do not feel interest rates should be any higher. So it's not necessarily a given that interest rates are going to continue to move higher. I think they might, our group thinks they might. I don't know if they're necessarily going to 10%, 10%, if you will. We talked about the 10-year bond on our last podcast, maybe getting to 2.5% this year. We're 190 to 2% today. So 
we're not that far away. I'm not sure if it's going to go that much higher. So with that said, there is a risk just sitting in cash waiting for higher rates. Um, You are giving up opportunity costs. So again, that's the reason with our bond portfolios, we are investing. We're just staying short term to try to to limit this volatility in the meantime. With with all that noted, as I conclude this podcast, we did note on our last podcast that it was going to be an interesting year to see how things would have evolved financially uh, throughout 2022. During that podcast, we were really looking at the economic issues at that time. So I'd be remiss to not mention that we now have these issues with Russia and Ukraine that seem to be deteriorating daily. those also affect our markets and bond yields, albeit a, a, a situation overseas that does affect our markets and bond yields. It certainly will affect the stock market. But in talking about bonds, in particular on this podcast, investors flee to bonds, especially U.S. Treasuries, when they are fearful. And in turn, what does that do when you have money move into Treasuries that brings rates down? Um, and in turn, raises bond prices. Again, back to that relationship. And that's not exactly what the Federal Reserve is trying to do right now. They're trying, again, to, to potentially raise rates to slow the economy. So there are a lot of interesting dynamics uh, going on right now with that situation and how it relates to our markets. So we continue to try to monitor all these issues closely in our investment committee meetings in order to attempt to reduce volatility for our clients. And yet, not overreact to unknown events that we just aren't sure how are going to play out. In closing, be sure to subscribe to Your Financial Journey on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please call any of the Providence Wealth Advisors staff with any questions you might have. Thanks for listening. Providence Wealth Advisors, LLC, or PWA is a wholly owned affiliate of Providence Bank and Trust, or PB&T. The investment products and services offered by PWA are independent of the products and services offered by PB&T and are not FDIC insured, may lose value, are not bank guaranteed, and are not insured by any federal or state government agency. Investment products and services are offered by appropriately licensed investment advisor representatives, subject to the general oversight and authority of PWA. PWA is an SEC-registered investment advisor company. To obtain a copy of their ADV Part 2A and Form CRS, visit www.providencewealth.com. PWA is located throughout the Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. To contact PWA, call 888-927-7387, email askexperts at providencewealth.com, or write to 20220 South LaGrange Road, Frankfort, Illinois, 60423.